right, ladies. Well, I hope you enjoyed the worship. Um, It is my privilege to get to introduce to you one of my really good friends. I I can tell you already love her. This is Christy Wagner. I'm working on how to say her name still after what, like five or six years. I cannot pronounce my A's correctly. So you'll just have to have grace on me. I don't pronounce them right. But anyway, Christy has a unique gift to just network ladies. If you have met her, you have known her because she has remembered your name. She has remembered your story and she's connected you with someone else. And that relationship that she connected you with was a divine one because she has a unique sense to be able to connect girls together. And um, that's what we need. We need other girls around us. And so it is our privilege tonight to get to hear from her. I'm really excited that she's speaking to us. Give her a hand, my friend Christy. You guys, I love Cody, and we do not know how blessed we are to have her as the mama of the house. She is absolutely amazing. She walks in such integrity and wisdom. Give it up for her. I'm blessed by her friendship, really. And I'm so glad that she's obedient to the things that the Lord has called her to, like tonight. God laid on her heart the importance of getting our women together again this year, and she was obedient to do it. And so I know great things are about to happen. I love when the girls get together because it's like a party vibe. Did you notice that? We're like all in and worshiping the Lord, super excited to be here. And it's like we're just letting everything slip away, all the cares and the worries that we've struggled with all day, all the work stuff, all the kids stuff. And we're walking in and saying, hey, let's do this. I'm ready for God to show up. And getting to do it with your sisters makes it even better. I love it. Okay, so earlier, Emily said, find someone and tell them your favorite power song or power girl song or whatever it was. And I thought, oh, good, because that's part of what I'm going to talk about. Because have y'all ever heard this song by Kelly Clarkson, um, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger? Okay, it's a little bit older, but I love that song. It's like I can really sing to that song and get into it and get inspired. And I can be in the car and I can be singing, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not on the team of singing people either, but I love it when I, that song comes on. Cause it's like girl power. And it's like, this is so me. I don't need anybody. I'm going for it. It's like, go girl. You see my shirt? Yes. Advertisement by some outside. And so, um, but when I sing that song and I'm like, go girl, I've got this. It's awesome. And I feel empowered. But then I think, okay, What about in the wilderness season when things are really tough, I'm struggling, I don't understand why I keep having to deal with these problems and issues and why life isn't easier. I mean, I'm trying to be a good Christian, so why isn't it easy? And I'm feeling torn or ripped apart, and I'm feeling crushed. And some friend of mine who's so precious comes up and says, Honey, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. God's going to work it all for good. There takes a mess to have a message, a test to have a testimony. And you're like, shut up. I don't even care. Okay. Because when we're in the pit and we are hurting, I don't see anything that's good. And I don't know how God can make something good out of what I'm in the middle of. And so that makes me just go, oh. 
So I think we need to talk about it tonight, though, because if I'm in a hard situation, I need a girlfriend to walk alongside me and say, this is going to make you stronger. God will work everything for your good. And that encouragement and that truth they're speaking into me is going to help me along the way. And you need that. That's why I love that our church puts such a priority on life groups, that they put priority on girl nights. We know the value of girls getting together and supporting each other. I mean, we just get each other in a special way. So I encourage you, look for friends around you. God has placed you with people around you. Just got to move into that. Open our eyes and be aware of it, right? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us tonight because I believe that God has given me a word. And I'm serious. I preached it to my dogs today, and they were, like, super excited. <laughs> they fell asleep. <laughs> but I felt today, I just, I know that God has been putting some things in my heart for a couple of weeks to share. And I know that some of you have walked in here in a desperate moment. And you've said, I want to know what God is saying about my situation. And so I know he wants to show up in a big way tonight. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that you are a God that sees us. You hear our cries. You know every pain that we walk through, every moment that we feel lonely, every moment, Lord, that it is so hard that we feel like we just struggle to take the next step. I'm grateful for your spirit that we can feel. I'm grateful that you want to be with your people and let us feel your presence. One of the, my favorite scriptures, Lord, that you put in the Bible for us is the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to whom he can show himself strong on behalf of those that love him. God, we love you. And I'm thankful for that scripture that reminds us you are looking for us. You are pursuing us. And I thank you for that. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay. So when we first started talking about this wilderness theme and we were saying, you know, women walk through really hard moments and why don't we do something and talk about it and recognize it? Because most of us put on our smiley face and we walk in and we don't want everybody to know we've got all these issues. So we kind of push it down, but why don't we address it? Every single person in here has either come out of a season that was hard or you're about to go into a difficult season or you are stuck in it drowning at the moment. And so Let's address it. Let's talk about it so that we can be better equipped to learn to walk well in a season, to learn to understand why we might have these seasons and to grow from it. So, yes, thank you, thank you. Okay, she said it was good. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so let me tell you this. I was told, research says that a speaker should be really funny and have lots of jokes. I, I don't have any. Um, my friend tried to give me a yo mama joke yesterday, and I was like, this is girls. That's not going over. So, um, so I thought, there's really not much funnier than my life. <laughs> I've been told I should write a book um, about some of the scary things. For example, my mom and my sister who are here. Yeah, you love them. Uh, my mom and my sister and I went on a girl trip not too long ago, and for some reason... I was going through the down in the dumps, I look really old and ugly stage, and I have a lot of wrinkles and I need to do something about that, Botox, I don't know. So I decided I would just buy a little tube of Preparation H, 
and it's supposed to like tighten things. So anyway, I was going to use it under my eyes and look really fresh and wonderful on our trip. Well, I got up early and I stumbled into the bathroom, not really paying attention. And it was just in a cute little tube, travel size kind of, and I thought it was toothpaste. Put it all over my toothbrush, brushed my teeth, and started going, hmm, something weird up in here. Ugh, it was horrible. Okay, so I had to rinse it out. That was terrible. All right, so see, my life is interesting. Well, let me tell you about this other time real quick. Um, some of you may have heard this. My beautiful daughter, Kenzie, who's also here, love her, uh, she's 18, and when she was four months old, I cut her finger off. Okay. Okay, so here comes the worst mother ever story, and this will make you feel better about your life, okay? So, um, yes, when I had her, she was my first one, and I thought you couldn't put babies down like you had to watch over them constantly to make sure they could breathe, and that I had to bond with her and hold her all the time. So I was holding her one day, four months old, and I was just kind of cutting the edge off of the package as I held her, and turned around and walked across the kitchen and came back, and there was blood, and I looked on the counter, and there was her tiny little fingertip. And psycho freak out. Yes. Okay. Psycho freak. Now, don't judge. That's not nice. I I mean, I really feel you judging. And that's okay. God released me from shame and guilt, but it's okay. So see, I can laugh at these seasons now. But we went to the hospital, psycho screaming the whole way, holding the digit the finger in my hand, because I had just seen a a thing on Oprah that said, you should always do that. Carry it on ice in case they can reattach it at the hospital. So I'm screaming to my dad who runs over to help me just a couple streets over, get the digit. That's what Oprah said. So, okay. So we grab it. We rush to the hospital. They think I'm psycho. They're trying to give me drugs because I'm screaming, please don't call DHS. I really love her. It was an accident. And my husband walked in and I'm going, honey, I really love her. And he goes, I know. Oh no. The Lord has blessed me with a good man. He's not in here, but anyway. So, um, (laughs) so we had surgery to reattach it because I cut a little part of the bone and anyway, but the doctor said it was okay because they're like salamanders and they just regenerate growth or something like that. Anyway, So after a few weeks, we took the cast off, and it was black and fell off. So anyway, but she had regenerated, and you can check her out. She has 10 beautiful digits, lovely fingers, and she's my favorite daughter ever. I'm not sure I'm the best mom ever. So see, don't you feel better about yourself now? Yes. I mean, you're not the worst mother in here, I'm telling you. So, um, okay, so really, when I thought about standing up here, of course all the insecurities run through your mind about, well, I mess up a lot. I stray off the path. I get lost in the wilderness. My mama bear feelings come out when my kids get hurt. And I think, I don't handle my wildernesses very well. Maybe I shouldn't be up there. But you know what? The beauty of it is we can all walk in here and say we walk through wilderness seasons together hard moments together, and I don't have to hide that. You know, we are sisters, and we should band together and say, you've got a hard moment, let me stand beside you. And that's what the enemy does not want. He wants you to be scared to show that you're hurting and that you're lonely and your life isn't together. And when we do that, we go into isolation, and we step back, and we let the enemy win. 
Because then he has us alone, feeling like we're invisible, no one cares. So I think it's really important tonight that we get a few basics in our life. Just reminders of the goodness of God and things about him that he wants you to know tonight. So I'm going to give you my first point. I believe God allows us to walk through wilderness seasons because he wants us to know we are not alone. Every woman in here has gone through something, and it's hard, and it's painful. Some of you have had a huge mountain to climb, and your valleys have been really low. But we're here together, and we're going to encourage each other. Think about the seasons that we go through that are hard. Like, I think about when Kenzie was first born, and I was a newborn mom, and, you know, I was exhausted all the time. And that is the worst thing ever. This blessing from the Lord above comes with this extra side helping of total exhaustion. And you're clueless on what to do, and you just, oh, you're so tired all the time. You can't think, and it's like you turn into the zombie with the zombie eyes and the hollowed out, and you're doing the zombie shuffle because you're so tired, and you look like death warmed over. Yeah. It's in those seasons when a friend is so sweet to come in and bring dinner or to pray with you or to say, hey, I'll watch the kid for a little while, the baby, whatever it is, the, the child for a while um, while you take a nap. And that is precious. I want you to recognize that's God in your life. God's bringing people to you to help you. Or like this last year and a half, I've uh, been through an interesting season. Things have changed a lot. Both my father and my grandmother were really sick. And so I was trying to help my mom take care of the family and, and go and take them to the hospital and be with them and do different things. And then they both passed away about a month apart. So it was a hard season where I just felt a lot of grief. I felt Dis- detached from my friendship uh, circle, and, and it was just hard trying to understand it all and see the struggle that my mom would go through. But in those moments, God brought me some older, wiser ladies into my life that would speak goodness and truth and encouragement to me, and I appreciated them so much. And then God was good when I was feeling alone, like I was kind of friendless because I was just kind of backed out of things. God put this super amazing friend in my life who's been so loyal and my encouraging cheerleader. And so I'm looking and seeing this and realizing that in wilderness seasons, there's still beauty. There's moments that God steps in in cool ways and surrounds us with friends. And that's so special. Can you think of somebody that's done that for you? Or how you've done that for someone. But you know, there's also times when friends are not abundant. Maybe some things have gone wrong and, and your friendship circle has changed. Or maybe just the season of life and things have changed. And you're feeling that loneliness again. And you don't see friends around. Well, I want you to know that God is there. Even though friends may change and your circumstance may change, God does not change. He is our constant companion and friend, and he watches over us, and he loves us so much. And that's what I want you to get to know tonight, that we're not alone. Listen to these scriptures. Isaiah 43, 1, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you, and I have called you by name. You are mine. How precious to know that God calls me by name. Of all the millions of people in the world, he knows our names intimately and individually. That makes me know that he is mine and I am his. Isaiah 41.10 says, don't be afraid. There's that don't be afraid again. I think we walk in fear a lot. 
Don't be afraid for I am with you. Oh, girls, I want this to be grounded in our hearts. Sometimes, I think somebody on stage earlier said, sometimes he feels a million miles away and we just hear silence. Just because we don't see him in action doesn't mean he's not in action. He pursues us. He walks after us. He stays with us. Listen to this, Deuteronomy 31, 8. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never never fail you or abandon you. I want that rooted in my heart and in your hearts. He doesn't abandon us. He doesn't leave us. He's always with us. And that part where it said, um, he will go ahead of you, personally go ahead of you. There's a Lauren Daigle song that I love, and it talks about, I will trust in you. And if you don't part the seas and you don't move the mountain, I'm still going to trust in you. And she says, I'll go down the path. And everywhere that I go, I know you've already stood. What a cool thing. If God is in front of you and walking the path ahead of you, he's going the way and preparing the way for you. He's making a way for you. Um, When we think about the wilderness season, we think about the most famous one in the Bible, the Israelites, and uh, their experience in the desert for 40 years. Hello, get a clue. But um, actually, we're kind of like them. But I wanted to tell you, when they left Egypt, I'm sure their faith was not very strong yet. And so God wanted them to know. He looked in and saw that they were full of, of unbelief, and, unbelief and doubt and fear. And he said, I want them to tangibly see my presence and know my presence. So listen to what he did. Exodus 13, 21 and 22 says, The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. Now think about that night. That's when the enemy works on us. That's when we feel really all alone. But he provided light at night. And this, it allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. I see that story and I think, God is so kind That's the new adjective I feel like he's been showing me again and again lately. He's kind. He sees what we need. He saw that they needed that tangible recognition of him being there, and so he provided. Now, today I can't walk around with a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire with me at all times. That would be the scary Christian no one would want to hang out with. But he says that he is always with us, and he had a better plan than that. He wanted to give us his Holy Spirit And girls, the Holy Spirit is in you. It's a part of God that dwells in you. Do you know what authority and power comes from him dwelling in us? It's victory every step of the way with him in us. And listen to this. I didn't make this up about him living in you. So listen, this has got to be grounded in your hearts. 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. So whenever friends may desert me, whenever I may have a hard moment or I'm in the middle of the night alone, when I feel rejected, when I feel scared, he's in me. He's in you. Let that sink in and let that be what keeps you going. Let that be your lifeline and your hope. Next point. God allows us to walk through wilderness seasons so that I will know his goodness. The Lord is good. And I can read that in the Bible. 
but God wants me to experience his goodness. Listen to this. Psalms 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. I will trust him with all my heart. That's my desire for you tonight. And that's God's desire that you would trust him with all of your things, with all of your life. And that's a big step to say, I trust you, God, when it's so important and dear to us. But he wants that. Psalms 9, 9, this is why we can trust him. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed. You ever felt pressed in by the things of the world? Stuff happening? Well, he's your shelter. A refuge in times of trouble. When I read this scripture, I remember one time um, God kind of gave me an image of how to just kind of make it come to life in my life, come alive in my life. And I remember that um, one time when I was in college and um, life was all about me and it all ended with me and everything was so important and life changing, you know, um, if you're not in college yet, girls, yes, you'll be there. And if that was you a long time ago, you remember that at that moment, everything seemed so important. And I was dating this guy, and I was about to graduate college, and I thought, oh, he's got to be the one. I mean, I am about to graduate. i got to hurry up and find somebody. And so I, I was dating him and thought, he's the one. And probably deep down, I really knew he probably wasn't. But, you know, in the moment, you go with it. And um, so one night, he broke up with me. And all my expectations of the future were taken And then I didn't know what to do, and I felt so rejected and so hopeless and so depressed and sad. I look back now and go, thank you for unanswered prayers, Lord, because I have a really great man now. But in the moment, it was horrible, overwhelming. And I can remember I drove home in the middle of the night, and I bust in the house, and my mom's like, hey, okay. And I'm sobbing, and I won't hardly say anything. I just climb up in her lap, and I just let her comfort me. Her put her arms around me and pat me, and I remember how good it felt. I, she, she was probably in shell shock going, uh, okay. But I didn't know that. I just knew I was in the shelter of my mama's arms. And this scripture is me being in the shelter of my father's arms. When he said, the Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And he wants that for you. He wants you to imagine him that way, to envision him that way. Not just words in the Bible, but knowing him, experiencing him, and let his peace wash over you. I'm also going to tell you another story, so you're going to find out all about my life, and you'll be scared to be my friend. But I'm going to tell you a few things about how God does show up in the middle of hard times. And I'm telling you these stories because I want you to go, Okay, I see that. Okay, maybe that's happening in my life. What can I look at in my situation? So I want to tell you just a little bit about um, Kenzie again. And when she was about in fifth grade, which is middle school, which we all know the horror that word brings in our, oh, the terror, the fear of middle school for girls. What a nightmare. But she was in middle school. And then at that moment, God also decided that he would allow us to go through a season of migraines that she would develop migraines, really horrible, excruciating, debilitating migraines. And um, I say he allowed that season because everything is God-filtered that happens to us. Everything gets his approval. But he knew what would be good in the long run. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. So when, he, when she developed these migraines in fifth grade, I just remember I had them and I knew how awful it was. You just want to throw yourself out of the car and get run over. It would just be better. 
because it hurts so bad. And um, she would cry and wail and just, I would try to comfort her and give her medicine and nothing worked. And, and, and so thankfully I knew God and I knew that was about all I had. When medicine wasn't working and I didn't know what to do, I cried out to God. Y'all, I travailed before the Lord and I touched the throne room of heaven with my prayers. I prayed over her, I claimed scripture of healing over her. I sang songs of deliverance over her and I spoke God's word and prayed out loud. Nothing happened. She still had migraines. We might get a few days of relief and then here it comes again, another cycle. And I would cry out to the Lord again and I would read scripture with authority and I would believe it and I would claim it for her, healing for her. And I would cry, pray, sing over her. And still, the migraines didn't end. She'd have to miss school or we'd have to go to the emergency room. Several times we went three days in a row to get a morphine shot so she could sleep for just a couple of hours. And then it would start again the next day and back to the hospital. And then the next day back to the hospital. And I'm like, Lord, this is not fair. This is a child. Why would you allow a child to suffer? Have you ever been in a situation when you said it's not fair? Yeah, I think we've been there a lot. And it's in those moments that all I had was my faith in God. And I kept telling Kenzie, Lord, I kept telling Kenzie, I believe the Lord is going to do something good through this. His scripture, his word says it, so I'm going to have to believe it. God is going to do something, Kenzie. He's right here with us. He knows you hurt. And so eventually, a couple years later, we found a specific medicine that helped and got rid of the migraines, and we slowly walked out of that season. And man, that was rough. I was glad it was gone. But you know, it was right after that, God put on our heart to go on a mission trip. Right after that. And then I started to see how God was working in her, how he was established, establishing her in him. I could see the fruit of the hard season now coming to fruition. What had been planted in the hard times was now starting to bloom. And I could look back and say, there, that was the beauty of that season. Because I've had a lot of people ask me, what have you done to make Kinsey so you know, wonderful and the best kid ever and making good choices and being the good Christian girl that she is? And I'm like, I don't know, it's a miracle. And so... I mean, you know, I cut her finger off, so (laughs) anyway, but, and I didn't tell you about some of the other stuff, but that's okay. Um, But I really, I look back and I see that was the game changer. That was the point where I gave her to God because I couldn't fix it. God isn't, God wants to be over each one of your lives. He wants you to surrender everything to him because he can fix it. And he wants to. He is good. He is faithful. And if he allows something in your life, you need to believe without a shadow of a doubt that he will redeem all of that and use it for good. Absolutely. I, ooh, I feel it. Okay, so Genesis fifty twenty. This was the verse we claimed. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Didn't look good in the moment. Didn't feel good. I didn't want to hear about how it was going to be good. I wanted it to be good right then. But God said, I'm, trust me, I'm working something. Do you believe that in your lives, that he can work something? He's good. He promises he is. And he promises he's right there with us in it. 
Another time I can remember, I tried to homeschool Dylan. Not tried. Well, actually, I did try. I, I got the privilege of homeschooling Dylan. This is my beautiful son who's not here. Uh, he's 13 or 14. I don't even know. See, I'm a bad mom. Okay. So he's 14. And, uh, but I remember when he was in kindergarten and he was really struggling to learn and to make the sounds and to put words together and his confidence was plummeting and he hated school and he cried and I cried and I didn't know what to do. And this was so overwhelming. And I remember going and thinking, well, we're just going to have to retain him. He can't read. We would go meet with the principal. I remember crying the big ugly cry in the principal's office and saying, okay, I guess we'll retain him. I don't know what else to do. And so at one point when I was desperate, I felt God drop in my heart homeschool. That had never been a thought before. I'm not structured. I'm not organized. I have no, that's just not going to work. But he dropped it in my heart, and immediately, the weird thing was, I felt complete peace. I was like, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I didn't know how to do it, but I knew I was supposed to do it. And so I'm not saying it wasn't scary or fearful, because God sometimes just allows us to have some of those experiences. So I trust in him during it. But it was a really difficult season. For two years, I homeschooled him. And and I kept thinking, God, I don't know how to do this. And he reminded me, uh, you used to teach school. I had actually been a school teacher, so I know how to teach. I know that's... Okay, y'all aren't very nice. Little... Well, that's why I don't teach anymore. Okay, so... <laughs> But I had taught for 10 years, and so I felt like God had given me the experience, and he was reminding me, I've already taught you and, and prepared you for the season you're about to walk in. I've already prepared you. And I was like, yeah, okay, he has. And then I wasn't working at the time because my super awesome husband had let me stay home and be like the room mom of kindergarten and stuff. And, you know, I was going to go back to work like the next year, but I never did. And so, um, and so, uh, he also told me, remember, you don't work right now, so you don't have to make that hard decision. You're already at home. You already know how to do it. Go. I'm walking with you. And God is good to do that. He walks with us. He would never send us someplace that he knows we can't handle. That's not who God is. God is love, and God wants us to be successful and to succeed and have victory in our life. He prepares us each step of the way. And I look at one of my friends that's here tonight that God brought into uh, brought into my life at that season. She was homeschooling her son too. And God just knew how to bring us together because I needed serious support. And thankfully it went well. And Dylan's now in seventh grade and he's had all A's and B's this year. Woo! I don't think I even said the word, but he had been diagnosed with dyslexia. And I didn't even know what that meant at the time. But God pushed through. And he found a way for Dylan's to, confidence to grow and for God to move him into the places he needed to be. But you know what? I always learn when my kids go through something. I always learn something, too. God's building faith and trust in me. And he wants to do that for you. Whatever you're experiencing, if you could just look at it and say, maybe God is trying to let me see his goodness. Maybe God wants me to see him in the moment, not just know about him, but experience a hard moment with him. Because seriously, when things are easy, do we talk to him as much? I, I don't. I get all busy with my life and how fabulous it is, and I'm moving along. But as soon as a hard season hits, I'm right back there. Lord, I need you. Please help. 
And so it's in those hard moments sometimes when I get to know him the best and I see his qualities and his character and his love for me. And, it's, and it was this way with Job. So we've all heard about the story of Job and how awful his life was. We've all said, thank you, Lord, that I'm not Job. Absolutely, I wouldn't have wanted to be. But at the very end of the story of Job, it says in 42.5, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. God wants you to see him, and you see him through experiences. And sometimes they're hard, but that's what he can use them for. Good, because I see him. Okay, point number three. God allows us to go through wilderness seasons to have us examine our hearts. Okay, this is where it gets a little steppy on your toesies. Um, Sometimes I need to stop and do a self-exam of my heart. Have I let some things creep in my heart that are blocking me from seeing the goodness of God? That have hardened my heart so I don't feel that God is with me or see him? Are my emotions skewing what I know to be truth? I know we go through good and bad seasons in life and things that happen to us settle in our heart. If we've ever been rejected or left by someone or harmed by someone, they've left pain in our heart. And it can easily turn to resentment or bitterness or pain or anger. Those things build up and they contaminate our heart. They pollute it. And then it starts to get hard. And then other things happen in that our heart shrinks more and more because things are building up in there. And God says, can you stop for a minute and just say, What is happening in my heart that's causing me not to see the goodness of God? That's causing me not to trust in what God has for me? You know, the Israelites, when they went out into the desert, God said he took them out to test to see what was in their hearts. They had so much unbelief and doubt, and they needed a time where they could work on building their faith. But they needed to clear out what was in their heart that was contaminating them because they had bad attitudes. And, you know, really, if we look at their story, they constantly were going around the same mountain doing the same thing and never advancing to the things that God wanted for them and had planned for them because they hadn't rooted out the things that were in their heart. Our hearts get hurt, and our hearts need freedom that only God can give. When we learn to trust him and to pour out the things of our heart to him, then he has room to move in. He has room to move in with his love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness and faithfulness so that when I'm squeezed, I've already been filled with him, and the good comes out. You know, God is way more concerned with the condition of our heart than he is our circumstance. And I don't like that. I want him to be really concerned about how I don't like what's around me or who's around me or what's happening. But he said, if you get your heart cleansed, cleansed, if you let me do a transformation of your heart, I promise everything else will be easier and fall into line. And I want to believe that. I've got to get that rooted in my heart. Um, 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He's looking right now tonight, and he sees every hurt you're carrying. He sees every stress, every worry, anxiety that's in your heart, the loneliness, the invisibleness. He sees it all. He wants you just to say, Lord, I give my heart to you wholeheartedly, holding nothing back. I seek you. And you know, when we do that, God is always faithful to say, come back. 
come back. I love you, and it's okay. Because quite often when we're distracted by things in the world or people upset us or we get too busy or, or something's going on and I let other things become more important than God, I wander off the path. And if I stay there and I keep circling around in my anxiety or keep circling around in my pain or my hurt, I've let a stronghold develop. And I'm stuck in a cycle, a negative pattern of thinking, and God wants to break it. He wants to move in and say, I've got so much more. Joel 2.13 says, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. I'm glad I have that picture of my father, because sometimes I don't always do the things he wants. I don't always walk in obedience. But he's saying, if you come back to me, I make your path straight. I am the everlasting father who gives you life. Come back to me. And he's good to put his arms around us. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Sometimes we don't give him all of it. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I love it. He goes before me and he leads the way. I just have to give him my life and say, okay, I'll let you. Last, I believe that God wants us to walk through wilderness seasons to make himself known. Sometimes we need to walk through the hard stuff so the people around us see God. Hmm. That doesn't sound very fun, but if I can walk through it and learn to walk through a hard season well and show the people around me, I'm trusting in God, I'm sticking with him, and I believe he will bring good out of all of it, then I am making him known. My character, my attitude reflects his glory when I stand up in peace, when my situation is not full of peace. When I can walk through life and say, I will trust in him it's hard, but I'm believing, and I can quote a scripture, then the people around me see that, and they're inspired and encouraged. We're asked by God to be image bearers, reflections of him. And so if I am looking to him, letting him fill my heart, then that's what flows out and reflects around me. And I, I want us to be image bearers of God that walk through hard seasons well. They're not fun, no, but they can be good. I think that um, tonight we've been reminded of a few things. I love getting a scripture and letting God show me kind of like how it applies to my life and how like I get a mental image of kind of how it works for me or if it's a scripture and I just hold on to it and I claim it and say this is mine and I put my name in the scripture in the place of man or woman or I And I say, this is my promise, and I'm going to stand on it. There's a promise wall out there that you can go out there and take some scriptures off of, and you can go home, and you can claim them as your promise, your your word from God personally to you. And that's what we have to do. When I walk through a hard season, how do I get through? By standing on a promise, claiming his word in my life. And how I got to know the word, so I got to dig in it. Find something that fits your situation. There are so many promises of God in there, and he wants you to see them and stand on them. And when I speak them out in faith before the Lord, I'm activating things in the spiritual realm and letting him grow my faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I'm going to speak it out, and I'm going to claim it and believe God is working on my behalf. 
So get a scripture, claim it for your season. Pray, talk to him. He's right beside you. Imagine that he's right beside you. Get that mental picture stuck and grounded in you. You don't walk anywhere alone. He is with you everywhere, even if it's in the bathroom. He is with you. And I say that because I feel like so often we don't think he's with us. We think we've messed up. So many times I hear, is this punishment? Is God mad at me? No, he's not mad at you. He wants the best for you. He loves you. He walks everywhere with you. He goes before you and prepares the way. There's scripture that says he goes before you and behind you, and he stands beside you like a fierce warrior. The enemy has no authority in your life because you have God in your heart And you have authority because of that. So tonight, remember these things. We go through seasons, and they're hard, but we've got God's word to stand on. We've got relationship with him and relationship around us. Stand on those things. Believe it, because the Lord wants to do a good thing. You might be, you might have walked in here tonight thinking, I am drowning. Nobody sees me. I'm drowning. Nobody understands. I feel overwhelmed by my life. I feel in complete despair. I feel like I'm being ripped apart, and nobody around me even knows. God knows. Believe that tonight. He knows. And I'm going to remind you of a scripture to stand on. It says, Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion This isn't the end of your story. This is not where he's leaving you. He has a whole lot more he's promised for you. Just get your eyes back on him and say, yes, I walk the path with you, Lord. Yes, I walk the path with you. And you know, earlier when I was talking about going to my mom's house and letting her just wrap her arms around me, we need those moments with God where he is our rest, our refuge, our strong tower, our shelter in a time of trouble. The scripture even says he hides us in the shelter and the shadow of his wings, like putting his arms around us. Girls, he loves you and he wants to build you up. And the word says that we find rest in his protection, rest in his love, but don't stay there. Just like we want to speak things into our kids when life is hard, we want to encourage them and build them back up and say, you can do it, and then we send them on in life. God's same thing with you. I love you. I'm with you. I won't ever leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm bringing all things good from this situation. Now step up in faith. Rise up and walk in the authority I've given you. There's victory ahead. Will you close your eyes? And I want you just to imagine for a moment that God is with you. Whatever road of wilderness that you're on, he's going with you. You are not alone. Thank you, Father, for your love and your goodness. Father, we come to you tonight. We thank you for your word. Father, we ask that you help us respond. Girls, there's... Some reasons wilderness seasons happen. Sometimes we just make foolish choices and we introduce them into our life. We have free will. Some are a clear attack from the enemy and the word equips us in how to battle that. But you can't be equipped if you haven't first surrendered your heart. It is a lordship issue. And I recognize tonight that maybe there's some ladies in this room that you're examining your heart and realizing I'm not near God. Maybe you've never surrendered your heart to the Lord. 
And I wanna give you an opportunity tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed just to be respectful, to build confidence. If you're in this room tonight and you can identify and see that you are far from God and need to come back to him, would you please put your hand up? I just wanna know who I'm praying with and be able to identify and release confidence in you. If you feel like you're, new, you're far away from God, if you've made decisions, life has taken some turns and created distance to where you wonder, God, do you see me? Do you know I'm here? Can you hear my prayer? If there's anyone in this room, yes, I see you. Thank you. As soon as you put your hand up and I see you, you can put it back down. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I got you. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Ladies all around you are praying and believing. Got you. Got you. If you put your hand up tonight, that was a confession. And you, right where you are in your chair, you bow your heart to God. You just simply say, God, here is my life. I lay it before you. I confess that I'm broken, that I've sinned and I've stepped away from you. I ask you to come near and he comes right away. Be my friend, be my father. Help me to learn your word and live according to it. Help me to find my place in the body of Christ. There's also wilderness seasons that, that girls, some of you are staring at and God is asking you to say yes to. He's asked you to step into a difficult season or maybe you're in the middle of it and they're just merely what God is trying to use in our life to develop our character because it's revealed in crisis. Regardless of how or why a wilderness season is introduced, this is true. God wants to use it to refine you. So I just want to ask you, what is the wilderness season you face? What is it? Is it something that was represented here at the beginning of the service? Loneliness? Is it barrenness? What is it? What is the wilderness season for you? What is the storm? I'm going to ask you, stand up on your feet. Go ahead and stand up on your feet. I just want you to have a time of reflection. Maybe open your hands to the Lord. We're going to open up. Our prayer team is in position, and I want to give you an opportunity to respond. Are you here tonight and asking the Lord to give you direction and a big decision you have to make? This prayer team wants to receive and pray for you and help release confidence in your life. This is going to take some boldness, ladies, but I don't want you to leave here tonight um, with confusion or wondering if God had something else for you. If you need peace amidst a difficult circumstance, if you need discernment on how to parent, on how to keep going with a frustrating situation at, at your work or with your children, this moment is for you. Don't hesitate. Go ahead and come on and step out of your chairs and find one of the ladies on our prayer team and come and get prayer. Go ahead and move now, ladies. Father, we thank you 
that you move on hearts, that you stir in these girls, that you release boldness and confidence and that you provide a way. Your word says that you make a way in the wilderness. Thank you, God, that you are the restorer. You bring hope. You bring healing. You bring direction. You refresh. Father, I pray that any woman in this room that maybe has grown weary and well-doing would find confidence once again to carry on. Maybe in the mundane of the day in and the day out has become a wilderness season for her. And I pray tonight she is refreshed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Girls, if there is anything else on your heart during this song that you feel like you want released or want prayer over, you can continue to come and find someone to pray for you. All of our prayer team has on lanyards. I just don't want anyone to leave here tonight with something in their heart that they know I need someone to agree with me with. Agree for victory in my life, agree for healing, agree for restoration, direction, anything that's on your heart. I want you to get prayer. So if any time during this song, feel free to come up and find one of the ladies.